Hello, hello. Welcome to Ami Tuckered Out. I am your host, Ami Tucker Ravel. And today I get to chat with one of my college buddies, Rasika Mathur. She is a comedian. She is a writer. She's a storyteller. She's a yoga teacher. She's a mental health outreach speaker. And she is also a dog cuddler. So that's kind of nice. She now has a show on Ruckus Radio called Funny Yogini which is all about mental wellness and fun, something I think we all need right now. And we catch up after 20 years. So please enjoy my interview with Rasika Mathur. Just commenting on the wonder of having children go on so many moves, is that even possible? It doesn't matter now because everything's online. Yeah, so I had my first, so Anya was born in Dubai, the end of my Dubai stint. And then, so the first three years that we were abroad, we didn't have kids, first four years almost. Then the last year we got got pregnant. And then as soon as I had her, I moved, we moved to Dallas. So really it's been Dallas to Arkansas to here. And when they're little, it's actually easier because they don't bitch. They just mm-hmm. are like, oh, whatever. Yeah, and I have, down for the yeah, they're totally. And then my second one I had in Dallas. And so, yeah, it's, it's I mean, it, obviously, you know, with the extra diapers and stuff, it gets exhausting. But it's easier now than it will be later. And now we're kind of at the point where it's slowing down. So I don't think there'll be, hopefully, not many more moves. Yeah, yeah, but Bentonville is awesome. But we'll get to that. I want—I I definitely want to talk to you about it because it's shockingly one of my favorite places. I know. Okay, I want to talk to you about so so UT. I know you're an ISA and you're really really involved in that as well. And then Chicago, you moved to Chicago right after. So you wrote, moved to Chicago as a copywriter, right, for an advertising firm. And I'm yeah. assuming I'm assuming that's why you chose Chicago. So I ended up in Chicago because of an internship, and I worked at Leo Burnett. They hired me at the end of the internship, which was really cool. I mean, that's every kid's dream, right? Right. But I found that, you know, the winter was depressing me and there was like Mm -hmm. very, there's just a big lack of sunlight. That was very real. And then I kind of felt like the, it was fun to be creative, but that, that ultimately wasn't what was selling. You know, what do you, what sells is the really safe, boring stuff that I didn't, study in school how to do boring copywriting right and got very jaded very fast and the and the one exciting thing of all of it was getting to have second city tuition reimbursed to take improv classes that's awesome so i took the entire to it curriculum on their dime so i was working with like the best sketch comedy troupe in chicago stir friday night they they were an Asian American sketch comedy troupe and finally needed Indians to round out their cast. Yeah. And I joined that with Ranjit Sauri and Danny Pudi from Community on ABC. Yep. We all had such a blast creating content, you know, comedy, written comedy and performing it. And it's a great, it was just like that's what we did on the side with our day jobs, but I really wanted it to become my real job. Was this the first time you were doing sketch comedy? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then a great audition led me to LA. But, you know, this wasn't like a family business. Like, yeah. still in the family. They knew you've got a dad who writes and acts in comedy. So you get that I could do that too. 
So I guess in a way, I mean, I am a trailblazer. I'm the only one in my family who ever attempted this. My my cousin is also an actor, and he wishes to remain anonymous because okay. he's pretty famous. Ah. So want me to talk about that? Okay, you can, you can you can tell me hilarious. You can tell me offline, offline. So we have it in our family, and then my cousin Angelica, she was an actress. She also did the Bollywood thing. So it's not like it's that new. But I think for all the nurturing that my parents did of me being a funny, creative kid as a child, yeah. they were not having this as a serious career. And that was such a slap in my face. And I'm a, I'm a sensitive soul. Yep. So that really, really hurt me for the first few years of my attempt at any of this, you know, to not have like, and as so many Indian kids are so lucky now, Yeah. so many, I don't know, so many of us opened the door for all of them uh-huh. and then they kind of us with the door and I'm underneath the door that's how I see it yep yeah <laughs> like, no totally and they have their parents full support and it's right kind of watching from the sidelines as they skyrocket to their millions like wow it's yeah so it's I look I feel the same way and Not, I sound so bitter like no stuff you never want to say on an interview because nobody's going to hire you if you're bitter so don't worry I've meditated about all this shit Maybe we don't need to include any of this on the interview, but this is how I really felt, you know, like this was a struggle for me because I wasn't seeing the support and I just felt like I had to do everything really alone with half a brain, with not ever having majored in any, you know, screenwriting or any of this. Everything is self-taught, you know, and that's it. So I mean, look, I'm a trailblazer. Shit, I'll take it. I think, well, A, yes, I think you are because like you said, one, for our age and and kind of our generation, our parents, A, were not only not supportive of it, they didn't get it. It wasn't part of the realm of things. If If I had known who I was really back in college, you know, I, I wouldn't have gone to law school. I would have focused on media and journalism and, and ra- oh, you know, stuff that I now know is what I really want to do. But if I actually told my parents that back then, I mean, I would have had, uh, they would have given me a tuppard. You know, there's no way that they would have gotten it. So the fact that you went with that, went through that with your parents is... I took the tuppers. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm saying you took it and you actually went for it, even though it was something so insane for any of us to do at that time. And and this is not a long time ago. I mean, these kids nowadays, all these South Asian kids nowadays, they're only like 10, 15 years younger, but you know, things have shifted. And for them, this career of being a comedian, an actor, a writer, but it's, it's all opened up and it's become normal and not insane, or you don't have to be right. a weird kid to like it or to want to do it. And so if, I, if my parents were telling me, yeah, this is your personality, this is what you should be doing, yeah, I would have done it, or you would have done it, or had yeah, if you had more it support. Kind of proves the point that Indian people need—I don't know—from what I've experienced, they need to—they need to see that it's already working. They're not right. really in the business of trying to in, even though they invented a lot of things. Yeah, you know, like it's just like, what is everybody else gonna think? And are other people doing it too? Right. And I don't know. I've just never felt like that's—I never have connected with that way of thinking. No, so, and I, I don't think any of us have. Different, but I also just, I don't know, I was thinking about this earlier. Like, I just use my body as a guide. If it doesn't feel right, I'm not going to do it. Or it's, it's not the reason to do something, you know? Right. Like, I, it's, if it was going to eat me up 
to stay in advertising, but I'll just take the money. Man, that would have never been me. And I, right. I don't know. That's how people get terminally ill and don't really aren't happy. Well, I, I, hair brain theory. No, but uh, but yeah, but they I sacrifice think, their their own body and their right. own health to right. make other people happy. Yeah, and I think we with and I sound I hate to sound like an auntie, but I am now and I, I love it. But <laughs> I think I think it's also kind of with age too. I think you kind of ha- you have to go through the struggle of like not listening to yourself and not listening to your body and trying to do what's right in order to understand, oh shit, I got to stop this. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't know very many people. I mean, I've interviewed a few, a few people that have been like, they've known from day one what they wanted to do and have always felt right about it. It's not a common story, you know, like there have, there are, most people do go through these, who am I? Why? And is this right for me? And parents like support. I mean, all that stuff is is a South Asian story, especially again with people around our age. And it is frustrating. I get a universal story is that a lot of the successes don't come until your forties. You know, like they don't talk about the, you know, the woman who finally sold her script at 48, you know, like we don't get to hear those stories because it's all about the shiny new thing that's in their 20s, you know, what are they doing? And I didn't know when I was 25, I was the shiny new thing, you know? Yeah, I didn't either. I, I was like, I'm wait, like, wait, all you think, you I know? know. I was like, I'm yeah, shiny about your marketability and all that. <laughs> well, you never had the guidance to do that. We never thought yeah. that way, right? Like you were never in that realm of things where you could be like, oh, I could be a brand. You got three years to be shiny and new and brown and relevant. You know? Right, like, no, right, no, right. No. Right, we operate like no time exists. I have all the time in the world. <laughs> Which, by the way, Rossica, I think is a is a beautiful thing. You know, on on the on the flip side, right? In a way, I'm kind of glad we got to just be and not really think about a brand and marketing and shininess and just we were just who we were. So in that way, I feel sorry for the younger kids nowadays that are focused on that a lot. You know, I feel like it also takes away things. Yeah, that TikTok dance better be relevant today. No shit, dude. I swear it's to a God. Lot, it's a lot to think about. It's a lot I to think about. Social dilemma. I need to finish it. Oh, please watch it. It's like, it's, oh, pretty sure I'm going to be deleting stuff after this. It's and a big cupboard. Yeah. It's yeah, a big cupboard it's in the a face. Lo- it's a lot of, um, it's, it's one of the reasons why, can I just tell you, like, okay, so my brand, Funny Yogini, it's, you know, I get to combine the two things I love, right? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, mental health meditation with comedy and whatever incarnation that takes right now, right now it's the radio show. It's an Instagram account. I'm going to have a merch store, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to talk about things that don't exist yet. Yeah. But like, you know, if I was going to participate in this hashtag RBG plank challenge, I would love to do that. But would I knowing she like, she just died. And then I'm trying to grow my online following by being relevant like there's something about that that seems so like sinister and inauthentic it is it's just that that's why i don't do it like i'll fucking do a plank by myself but do i need to film it and then like no right and there's people who i don't know if it's like you don't have a soul but people do that and i don't understand that i've never really understood how to think strategically and grow things but that's 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 why but that's why you're real i won't do it either rasika i won't i won't do shit on instagram 
to, I'm not even, I mean, yeah, of course you want people to follow you to listen to the podcast, right? Of course I want that, but I'm, just, I'm not going to do it and feel like a jackass posting stuff or feel bad about it just because we do have the benefit of being a little bit older and calmer and more mature about this shit, you know, and like a little bit more self-reflecting. Like, is this really me? Like, why am I really doing this? Sure. You got to do some bullshit on social media for your own brand and, and whatever. But I'm, I'm glad that I'm not young and kind of just like trying, doing whatever I can and not really basing it on who I am and, or what I believe in. And, and now that I'm 40, I'm like, yeah, I can do that and, and not care as much, you know? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm for me personally, because, and, and you're the same, like in my twenties and thirties, and even now I consider myself a pretty like jungly person in a good way, not, not bad, but I'm, you know, I, I'm weird in my own way. And I'm, I see these kids and, and like you, I'm like, wow, you know, they're so lucky they got guided. They're just, they're, they're making it, these South Asian kids are making it big. I wish I could have done that. But I just, I also think it would have been a help, unhealthy for me in my 20s and 30s. I, I don't like think it would have been right for me. <laughs> the Chris Rock story is so amazing because he yeah. talks about, I don't know if he talks about it, but people who've studied his career will say, you know, you get something before you're even aware and ready for it. And it can't last. It know? can't. And I mean, I can see some of those parallels even in my career. You get something before you even know what to do with it. I got a lot of that. I was very lucky when I first came out here. But I'm also talented. I get it. I, I mean, yeah, I obviously, it. yeah. But a lot of it went away because I don't think I understood the value of what I had. I didn't understand how to map out a full career. Right. I, again, it's this thing in me that could not prioritize profit <laughs> over uh principles you know i just i couldn't do it so i would prioritize going to san francisco and feeling good about a road trip and going to, out to nature over you know working hard on some audition that i needed to come home for it it wasn't all clicking in my brain yeah and of course i have regrets about a lot of the moves that i made but i also like i'm still here you know like obviously that's that's something about me that has lasted, that has gotten me through fire, that has gotten me yeah. tested this dream dog of mine who came out of great relationships and community and they finally gifted him to me because I care about him and he and I together have opened the doors to where we live, magical places to live. And like that's kind of stuff that I feel like I'm writing a magical story, you know, right. the way that I live. And who does that need to be important to at the end? You know, it's all about your. It's all about the relationship with yourself, of course, a hundred percent. Probably have given up in the last five years over trying to make my parents happy. When I realized, oh, nothing makes these two happy. Yeah, you know? there's not going to be some magical husband. Sorry, future husbands, but you're not going to be the one who finally makes them get off my back. Right. I, it's it's something in them that is not satisfied. They still find things to nitpick my sister with an amazing husband and amazing children, right. amazing house. Like, oh, so that's it's never thing. ending. It's yeah, never ending. Right, right. right. So it's like to do things. So this is what I wanted to talk about Indian matchmaking. I was finally watching it. I finally did uh, the whole thing in a day. <laughs> this so, is why I feel not good about myself today. And I know that'll fade, but it's like, wow, have I done something wrong? By not doing what these people, I'm more like that Ankita character, you know, yeah. the yeah. 
super independent. And what is her happy ending? Her business takes off. And I was right. like, oh, so <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. But, there's just something about watching. It's so familiar to me. Right. Of what you're bending and twisting for. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad who did that path. Like I said, if you feel like you understand why you're getting married and that you want a strategic alliance of two families, great. That's just not a feeling I think I'm even capable of having. I don't know what that means. But that's, I, I mean, that's okay. Because they can wipe my ass when I'm 80. That's about the only, right? Like you can carry heavy lumber out of Home Depot. Awesome. Well, then you might not, then you might not want to marry an Indian man. You might want to marry a white guy for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what they'll do though? The, Indi- the, the Indian men will hire someone to do it. So you'll get yeah, it either way. Yeah. Right. 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 I just don't think like, like my culture would want me to. And I, I think that's why I've just gone on these weird sideways paths, but I don't know, man. I think you're doing what your body and gut is telling you to do. And I think that yeah. that's always the right way. Rosica. There's never a wrong way. Right. And just because we are South Asian, we are told there's one right way. And as you know, just from your own career choices, there isn't, there isn't the one right way and there yeah. shouldn't be, you know, and you would be miserable if you were in an Indian matchmaking situation. Oh my God. So don't be like you would. Yeah. You would probably kill crazy. Some. Like the yeah. two, wonderful American kids with so much personality and are now going to try to be honest with each other might lose out on the golden prize at the end. And the two Indian kids who just sat there, not saying anything that would make them vulnerable to each other and actually get to know each other, they get the prize at the end. They get to be married in a month. Because they didn't say anything, you know, like but, that's my big takeaway. But is like, it a prize? Is that, is that really the prize though? Like just yeah, because... you just be quiet and don't let your personality be seen or shown or known. Don't make any decisions except yes or no. And that's who gets to be married. Yeah, know? but that sucks. Like I would not, who would want that? Who would want to not... Like, that's basically just not really living. You're just a robot then, right? Like, if you don't have... That's if what you're, it looks like to me. And I'm sure some of that's true. And, and I, we know it happens a lot. And, and it happens a lot everywhere, you know? I just, I thank God that people, like, like we're lucky that we didn't have to be in that situation. Yeah. You know, like, it's, that, would, that would just be hell. So I and, shouldn't get a matchmaker? Oh, you should. And you should record it. And, and then they'll say, yeah. she is very stubborn. <laughs> right. No, you totally should. But I mean, the fact that you have done, you have led this, this path, it does make you a trailblazer because it's scary. And especially you're one of the first, I mean, at least, you know, from our age group, one of the first South Asian women we, we all knew that did that. You know, Maybe went out I'll there make and a tried. Movie about me one day. I mean, will, will you see to that happening? Oh, that's hap- That's happening. An executive producer. That's so happening. The I'm story so, of Russia. So gonna make it happen. With I remember. Like a in my mouth or something like. No, that. for sure. It's so gonna happen. And like you said, you know what? You're still around. I mean, after being in LA for what 15 years? I don't know how long has it been. And you're still you're still alive and surviving. And that's that's I'm, not I'm done. I know. And uh, I'm, I'm assuming that's not a common story there, you know? 
I guess the interesting ones never are. But right. then, right? Like, what guy wants all this drama? And oh, she shouldn't have done a lot, you know? Like, I don't know. Do you, are you feeling like you're ready to meet someone? Is that what's happening to you right now? Or is it just like a. I might be. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel like I've taken my time grieving my last long term relationship. We were never married, but it can feel like a divorce once. Of course. So big meaningful there you know his children involved it's like losing a whole family oh my god but yeah. it doesn't work out you know and both people have good reasons for right. ending it i'm the right. one who ended it and had to agree to that <laughs> but yeah like you know in my show notes for this podcast i'm gonna i'm gonna note that you're you're open to indian matchmaking we're gonna make it happen dude indian matchmaking and uh after what I've said about it. No, no. I'm I'm totally kidding. Oh, but you know what? Speaking of like not lying to ourselves, when I was sitting in Leo Burnett not working, I think I made an appointment with an astrologer and she came into our little fishbowl where, you know, it's a see-through office. And she told me when I was 22, she told me, you're not going to get married until you're 40 or above. So I ain't doing anything wrong, motherfuckers. I'm exactly, right. exactly, dude. You are you are being who you are, and and not to sound all you know Buddha, but it is about the relationship with yourself. And so as long as you are happy with that, then you're good to go, girl. That's what oh, I think. Yeah, thanks. yeah. And you can say I'm open to matchmaking. Please don't say open to Indian. Yeah, and I can't even actually see you with an Indian guy, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just throwing it out there. You're flexible. All right, we'll work on it. That's hey, gonna. That, I'm gonna. I'm gonna find some. I'm actually gonna ask on the show notes if anyone can pick up lumber, and then whoever answers from Home Depot. Yeah, from Home Depot. Yeah, While I'm obviously. The garden and the nursery. We're we're keeping it classy like that. So where were we? So oh, Wild and Out. Obviously, that was a big deal, right? That's is that when you moved to LA when you when you were doing Wild and Out? No, that came later. That I came later for a couple of years, and I okay. Got to- go through their audition process. People say I'm one of the only people in this town who made money improvising. That's true. That's a big deal. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. That's something to feel proud of. So, and and then, that was, you know, that was for a while. Its, the show had its seasons and then they'd bring me back. They'd bring me back. But then whatever has happened with the show now, it's like the show has also the voice of it has kind of it's so far removed from like even my own core personality that even that of course had to come to a, a parting of ways right like i just don't connect with whoever the audience is today yeah and so many fans who are just like yeah it was great when it used to be the old school and whatever it is now it's like thugs doing comedy <laughs> <laughs> well it was good about the bling or oh they don't say that anymore so yeah it's i don't know i don't really know what the show is so you're not gonna get a lot of good commentary out of me about that got it well look you you got there at the time that you needed to at the right time and then you grew out of it so it's just it's about growth you can't stay in it forever right right and then so there's a few things that i read obviously i had to look up stuff because we haven't talked in like 20 years but so you did us an album a comedy album you worked with uh, called the sorry rap you worked with a crew of people on siblings of doctors mm-hmm. uh you did neelam auntie the short film were you doing stand-up at the same time we were doing all this stuff were you do- were you yeah okay just some of that dibble dabbling doing okay. people's weddings etc okay were, did you ever go on tour 
I guess I'd go on my own little tours, but not like formally on anybody else's tour. <laughs> okay, kind of got it. Set your own date. So, like, out of all, I mean, you were doing so much stuff. So, like, what what did you love the most? I think my favorite thing has always been interacting with the audience. Got it. Myself, you know, like there might be a show or material. But then when I can break that and actually be one-on-one with them, like they feel part of the show. Got so it. When I started to do like the Fringe Festival show, that I made it to specifically be Hollywood Fringe Festival. Uh, I called it Hey Hollywood, My Hustle Has ADHD. And, uh, oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. You know, more real, more comedic, using all of the fun stuff I like to do, funny rap songs. But then casting audience members, right? So there's, it's a total crapshoot. You don't know what kind of person's going to play your mom or your dad. Their lines are all written. But the fun is when people watch somebody who had no idea they were going to be part of the show. That's what makes improv so cool is the you have no idea element. Yeah. To have that and then play with these people and interact with them with total commitment and and make them yell at me like they're my dad. Yeah. Those are the kind of moments that light me up because every show is is never going to be the same, right? It's always different every night based right. on the audience. And yeah, I, I love giving my audience gifts like that. That's that awesome. That kind of stuff lights me up. It's been that's been the hard thing I think for me about the quarantine is like you have to find other ways to interact with people when live audience was my primary feedback system with all the great storytelling I was doing in the last two years, man, you know, that is some of the best, the room, just, you can feel the electricity of a room following you and your idea. And then that explosion of laughter. So the isolating part from not being able to gather, I think that part has been hard, but I do a lot of online Zooming where there's sharing involved. Right. So you're looking at these nine faces and you're still telling your story and you're, I still feel like I'm getting the feedback. That right. could be why I'm feeling quite sane and lovely during this whole time. It's been a time to hunker down, work. I've been creating my radio show. They don't want me to call it a podcast. Episodes, okay. You know, like the consistency that you talked about, there's a, you know, there's a schedule that I'm on to create these pieces and bits or do an interview. And it's been lovely because when else would I have done it? Right. This was, this, I, I had to take advantage of the fact that you don't need to now drive to that job. That job's gone. It's done. They needed you in person. Well, fuck that. I'm not going to risk my life, whatever. Right. And, and then just slowly other things have come just like. Stephen Pressfield's book, Do the Work, talks about, or the, the war of art, that if you do your work, other things are going to like be attracted to you, like iron filings. Right. It. right. And it's, been, it's just been a lovely thing to kind of watch. To use this time, like in Silicon Valley, have an incubator, ha- have a plan to just sit in your house, do nothing but create something in a month. Right. You know, and okay, y'all can drink your wine and shit. I don't need to do that. But yeah. you know, if if you don't find something to keep you sane in this time, then of course it's gonna drive you mad. Right. You know, right. We, we can't let ourselves we can't let ourselves go there. 
Do you think the, so I did a few improv classes at Second City when I was there and it's the hardest shit ever. So like major props to it. It's, it really is one of the hardest things I've ever done. I loved it, but then I was peeing in my pants every time I had to do it, go up there. Do you feel like getting that audience reaction was like a validation you needed? I think so, for sure. And I grew up as one of those kids who, you know, making people laugh was probably more of a, a validation or defense mechanism right (laughs) make sure that things are going okay and you're keeping everybody light and happy yep so then yeah as an artist just wanting to get the more authentic laugh or learning techniques to get the laugh or figuring out what can organically make people laugh that's been a great part of continuing with this field you know yeah like you just you get more sophisticated one thing that i learned is when i got to do will and grace i'm working with veterans at the top of their game right and you know who knows how old they really are but (laughs) everybody look young yeah you know they've been doing this career for close to 40 years so they can't be that young right 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 to have the amount of energy that they had to do the amount of takes that they did to always bring something new. Like Sean Hayes was such a creative genius and he could just keep going and going. To have someone like that pull us co-stars aside after a table read and say, you guys are doing really good. You're, you're wow. I mean, it's just like, wow, you notice. Yeah. Yeah. You see, they see you. That's awesome. Oh my God. Do you know something cool that really, that just happened? This is amazing. I don't know if the thing is out of battery, but Every time the lights flash or blink around me, that means the truth is being spoken. And my goofy galaxy cove from China, it just flashed and it never does that. That's amazing. It's the thing that flashes up like beautiful starlights on your... It just did this weird thing while I'm talking about Sean Hayes and Will and Grace and and Kings of Comedy. I Uh, love it. That's a confirmation for me. See? Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so happy. I told you. I told you. The, the magic is happening. Right <laughs> I can't believe it. Are we recording? Okay. It's a Houston UT love, man. It's always going to happen. I mean, yeah. Okay. And I also, because I have till 2.10, which is fine. We have 23 minutes to have to go pick up my kids again. Jesus Christ. I might um, only have 10 minutes because I'm on an assignment deadline right now. Why got to be all busy? Shit. Okay. So then before. before this was a 20 minute interview. Uh, hell no, girl. I talk. <laughs> I make people talk to me. I want you to love me. I need validation from you to love me again. I'm laughing at you. There's your validation. I I trust me. I know. I'm like so. I'm have a, I'm gonna have an orgasm soon. It's amazing. Okay, I want to talk about a few things. So we have. I'm, I'm gonna make this happen. Yoga instructor, motivational speaker. How did that happen? When did this happen? Well, gosh, you know, I always felt like when we were in ISA, I was a motivational speaker back then. Yeah, did you, you feel were. Uh huh. Well, and that's kind of where my voice started to get developed too. I mean, it was right. happening in high school and without having like an actual audience, I would make our talent shows and our meetings be the place where I could make these grand speeches to inspire and motivate people. So I really feel like that is where it happened in UTISA. I kind of, look, I kind of agree. I feel like a lot of people joined because of your ass. Because, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not just saying that to make you feel better or or make sure you like me again. I just. And how helpful. 
stressful that was, you know, because I even knew back then that I don't feel like I was connecting with a lot of people, you know, maybe only my college boyfriend, Vanu. <laughs> That's oh my God, you dated Vanu. Holy shit. I totally don't remember <laughs> a lot because he dominated my thoughts. Oh my but God. In order for me to connect with people, I felt right. like I had to create something to make people get on board with what I was saying. You know, right. Like I was even, I was even dating someone who wasn't full Indian. I mean, he was so <laughs> controversial and different. He was half Filipino. My goodness. I totally so, forgot about okay, anyway, sorry. Memories are flooding back. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. And then the yoga so if you really want to know the truth about how yoga came into my life. Of course. When parents talk about a backup career I think this is what I did. This is how I did it. Uh, I was 22, right? It was. Uh -huh. in, I was not loving advertising, uh -huh. and and Chicago was beautiful and amazing, but only in the summertime. Yep. And I needed survive. I needed a way to stay sane. Right. I remember walking into this gorgeous studio. I don't remember if it was called Priya Yoga. It had this humongous graffiti or art. Uh, wall art of Lakshmi. I think she was sitting in a lotus, and it just the environment, the atmosphere, the smell, everything was working on me, right? And I go, right. how my body feels, and I was like, this is home. The sitar like wafting into my ears as these like Indian and white girls were coming together, and <laughs> we were all moving, and it was like a piece of home that you know. How many Indian families actually do yoga and meditate? None of them. Right, right, like, right, right. This felt like the right parts of my culture. And I just wanted to be there. And it was freezing outside. It was so warm in that studio. And it just made me fall in love and ask questions and want to know more. And then the gym I was working out at was also doing like the gym version of yoga. And they were the ones who first hired me. I was just my my teacher's best student. She asked me to sub for her uh, on a weekend. She was gone. I missed the train and I missed teaching. She was so pissed at me. And yet the gym still gave me my own class. And I just felt so horrible about how wow. that all came to be. Yeah. But, you know, I had people in there who they were older and they just wanted to learn to be flexible again. There were young people. They wanted the yoga, butt. they saw mine. I was like, this ain't from yoga, but okay. Let's keep going. <laughs> and like, you know, it was like, it's the gym version of it, but it yeah. got me to start, you know, and after something like that, it's like, okay, I want to be serious. I want to figure out how to actually get certified because you don't want anyone to get injured on your watch. So it was basically I was 22 when both yoga and improv came into my life. And I, I kind of just sat there and I was already hating advertising, right? And I thought, hmm, I, these are two things, comedy and yoga. Two things I can, I can only get better at as I get older. Right. And it's not going to matter how ugly I am. Right. So let's keep doing these two. That's and solid. What, what, what we're looking at now, like twice that age, is I am getting to do both of those things that I love and I'm merging them. And that's what funny yogini really is. It's like I finally figured out how to put my two passions together. That's doing amazing. a lot of comedic storytelling. Okay. And we're talking about, you know, there was the meditation for racists. 
We're, we're, you know, it's not like I'm interviewing yoga gurus, right. but we're, we're coming to the body in a different way. And mental health, super important to me. We're always trying to crack our own case. And so that just sort of becomes some, some of the topics that I hit and okay. come, come to people in an entertaining way. You know, we have, a, I have a mom and daughter duo and I do the voices for all of these characters and they're in a little radio play where she's trying to convince her mom to get therapy and just like to just talk about it, you know, yeah. after things like break the stigma have come out for Nima Bhakta, I just felt like this is the time for me to release these you know, cute little creation ideas that I have because it is a stigma in our culture. Uh-huh, 100%. I'm just trying to help be, and the beautiful thing about Ruckus Avenue radio and a lot of the shows under Ruckus Avenue is the, a lot of them are tackling mental health. Sometimes with, you know, actual psychologists are being interviewed and it's just the more you're going to hear about it, the less it'll be a stigma, right? Yeah, Just 100%. like you were talking about the Indian kids who know that they're South Asian kids who know this is a viable career option. There's right. not going to be a stigma about it. Right. It's like, of course my child is a painter. Yeah. He's a wonderful painter. Wonderful. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, totally. That's awesome. I was, yeah, I was about to ask you about Funny Yogini. So that's, so that's on Ruckus Avenue Radio, right? That's a South Asian radio station? It's on ruckusavenueradio.com. Okay. That's where you can find my archives. You okay, can also awesome. get it on. You can also get it on Spotify. Okay. And Apple iTunes podcasts. Beautiful. Okay. And that's Funny Yogini with one Y. You can one. also follow Funny Yogini on Instagram. Perfect. And I'll put that in the show notes. Okay. I want to I wanna make sure I ask a few questions before you have to peace out on my ass and I'll miss you. Okay. So, and then we kind of touched on this and I, then I do a fun lightning round. And then I'm going to do a quick picture on Zoom of both of us. And then we'll be done. Okay. So after going through all this, your whole journey, your whole ride up till now, would you do it again? Yeah, I would. But I, I would probably listen to my parents now when they say always have something to make sure that you're financially stable. Yeah. Right? There, I think there's a lot of years of struggle where I didn't need to struggle, but I was young and ambitious and very stubborn. Yes. So yes. I get it. And those gifts are coming to me now. And it's like, oh, wow, here I am back to that place where you can take whatever class you want. You can, you know, I can order a great pair of Solomon sneakers without having to check the price. That's a nice luxury. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's, That's nice. Cool. Everyone have to be from the outlet. Everyone needs yeah. a chapel. Yeah. I need them. Good shoes for the dog. dog no, walking. for sure. But I'm, and, I'm I'm glad yeah. to hear you would do it again because that's all I've that really matters. I've come around, but exactly. Right. But I don't need to change it because that is I, that probably, and this is a credit to their total unwavering, you know, we still love you. <laughs> We're putting up with you. That quality has to come from still thinking that you're worth it. You know, I'm worth it. Whatever dream I'm going for is still worth it. Yeah. Do you, you think, know, do you think your parents don't, have, don't be like taking handouts and shit. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Do you think your parents have accepted it more now though? Like have they come to peace with it? I think it's one of those things where they've just stopped fighting. They don't yeah. see the need to fight me on things anymore. Like it's not, it's not a pay. It's not an acceptance that you come to because you learn, Oh, acceptance is the way it's more like, okay, fine. Right. You know? right, right. Like 
Yeah, uh, tired. Yeah, for sure. We aren't That's... going to force you to get married anymore. You're, right. you're on it. Our parents saying they're tired is their way of saying we lost. I love you. It's fine. You're we're done. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's over. You yeah. won't be hearing from me anymore. So the other question I had is, you know, you got to LA. I and correct me if I'm wrong. The South Asian scene in LA, in terms of entertainment industry, was pretty small. Correct. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and and nowadays, I mean, I'm as how is it now? Like, and how how has it changed? I mean, I'm sure you see a lot more South Asians out there. Um, obviously, like Lily Singh has put sketch comedy on the map, and yeah, what's your point of view on the scene now with all the South Asians out there? There's this great group that Bhavani Rao started, South Asian Women in Entertainment, and it's just got like almost a thousand members. On okay. It. So it's like, wow, I didn't know we had all of these people. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's just totally blown up in the last probably seven years, you know, and every time, every time a South Asian gets a show, it's like, it brings more people to the field. You know? Right. Right. So, yeah. I mean, it's like, we're not, we're still considered maybe a minority that also needs to fight for visibility in those rooms. Right. But there's just so much more. Like you could actually now watch a show that might have two South Asian leads. Right. And, and that's a good thing, right? Yeah. It's always a good thing. Even though it's still a trip to watch British television and they can have the whole family be one of the leads. Right. <laughs> we're we're a little <laughs> behind. A mob family. Right. 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 Well, we'll get there. I think yeah. I, I think the UK is, has been yeah, or a little... Or that somebody is so, you know, we're just so used to seeing that face that we're not really questioning. Like, oh, yeah, that was a great Pakistani actor. It's like, right. oh, he's just an actor. Actor. fantastic, and he was on the cast, and it's really cool to see Yeah. That. I was actually, I just uh, interviewed DJ Capra in New York, yeah. and she was telling me, she was like, I can't wait till to the day where I'm not hearing South Asian DJ or female DJ. Mm-hmm. That I'm just a fucking good DJ. That's what she's waiting for. And and she's right. And I'm like, oh, that's completely true. And I try to remember that too. That uh, Will Doty is my latest acting teacher. He just said, you got to remember, first foremost, Rasika, all of the students, you're storytellers. Right. Period. Right. And that really broadens, I think, what we can talk about. You know? Right. And, and I don't think it's a bad thing when people say South Asian something or another. I think we, we should use that as a strength for sure. But yeah, you don't want to be identified just as that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, it's cool that we have our culture to kind of identify ourselves with as well. Um, yeah. And so, okay, lightning round. So just quick answer, whatever comes on top of answers. your head. One or two or, or five, it's fine. Best acting or best gig you've had will and grace nice worst gig you've had Ooh, i don't think i can mention it okay side note we'll side note it what south asian actor comedian writer would you like to work with That's a good one i feel like i need to come back to this one too okay just text me we'll put it on the show notes and finally, if you weren't doing any of this, the yoga, the motivational speaking, the acting, stand-up, whatever, radio, what else would you be doing? <laughs> I would probably – wait, what were my choices of things I can't pick? I'm trying to think of all – I mean, you've, you're like eight different amazing things. You're, uh, so no yoga, no comedy writer. No, 
no storytelling, no acting. You're like, I would be a tree. Well, then I'd be a fucking shark business person on Wall Street, right? And that's exactly why I'm not that person. That would be What's pretty amazing. Left? I'm not sure. Oh, wait, no. A dog cuddler on your, on your LinkedIn and said you're a dog cuddler. I would cuddler. probably still find a way to go and either read books or do some version of improv classes for people in prisons. Oh, that's so cool. You should do that anyways and record yeah, it and make a show. Sure. Yeah. It's a good show idea. Why don't you pitch it? I think I you just did. I should. I can find that. See, I don't remember his name, but when I watched this actor, I was like, uh, I would love to act opposite him. Now I'm trying to remember what I even saw. He was in, oh, was he in The Sisters Brothers? Yeah, he's a famous Indian actor. Please don't get this part of me looking him up because that's. Oh, just I won't. Hella I'll, I'm sending you the edited version. Just give me some editing. Yeah. Oh, but my let God. Me, yes. Let me look him up right now because he was I fantastic. See. He was in that thing called the. Um, Something with the word night in it. Oh, yes. You know who night. I'm talking about? Night. Uh, the night of or something. Yeah. Yeah. Who is that guy? God oh, my God. It. Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed. Okay. You want to ask me the question again and I'll answer Hold, hold on. Hold on. Let me rewind. <laughs> Which South Asian actor, comedian, writer would you like to work with? Oh my God, I saw Riz Ahmed and not in the night of, I saw him in the Sisters Brothers, which is an incredible film with John C. Riley. Everyone needs to see it. That okay. sounds amazing. But he was wonderful. I mean, talk about a storyteller. Talk about, he has definitely achieved a level of talent that I don't need to know he's South Asian or whatever, you know? Yeah. He was just so enjoyable to watch. Of course, I had the Instagram stuff. It's like, okay, fine, you're married. Fine, whatever. Oh, is he married? Are you happy? I don't know. But oh, he, I, God, I would love to do stuff opposite people like that. Let's throw it out there in the universe. Just keep throwing okay. it out there. You never know, dude. Yes, I'm throwing it out there for you. Okay, I love you. You're the best. This was so much fun, Ami. You're See? Amazing. See? I'm One gonna, hour it was when nothing. I get to my twenty-five episodes. I'm calling you. And we'll Hell yeah, <laughs> for sure. That was awesome, Rasika. Thank you. And I will definitely join you on your show, which is on Ruckus Radio and playing on Spotify and iTunes. Again, it's called The Funny Yogini Show. And you can follow her at Funny Yogini on IG and also at Jalapeno Popper 2012. So definitely check out her stuff. What a fantastic person. And of course, as always, please follow me and I'll be tuckered out. Please rate, review, or just call me, you know, whatever you feel like doing. More to come in the next few weeks. And I appreciate all your support. Thank you guys. And I'll see you soon. This is Ami Tuckered Out. Oh, 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 oh